Thank you for joining us. Remember, you can watch our services live and view our archive at StevensCreekChurch.com, the Stevens Creek app, or on our Roku channel. And if our ministries have touched your life, we'd love to hear about it. Send us an email to mystory@stevenscreekchurch.com. We hope today's message encourages and inspires you. Enjoy the message. Well, good morning and welcome to Stevens Creek Church. We are so glad that you're here today. Hope you've had a great week. Uh, I want to start with something funny. I heard about this, uh, this group of folks that were going out for one of those dolphin watching experiences. If you've been to Hilton Head, maybe you've been to uh, Edisto, you, you know that you can take those little dolphin experiences. And so they were out there. And, you know, in the summertime, weather conditions can change just on a drop of a hat. And this is what happened. I'm telling you, a storm blew in and it was rocking that boat back and forth. And, and everybody got nervous. And finally, the captain said, hey, does anybody know how to pray? And he looked around and there's one guy back and says, I know how to pray. I'm a pastor. He says, good. I need you to start praying right now while I pass out the life jackets because we're one short. You know, when we think about prayer, we often think about prayer as bringing our needs to God. And it is that. The Bible tells us to ask and keep on asking, to seek and keep on seeking, and knock and keep on knocking. It tells us you have not because you ask not. So we are encouraged to bring those needs, to bring those desires to the Lord, and he will hear and answer our prayer. But today, today I want to talk about prayer, the other part of prayer. You see, I believe that prayer is bringing your needs to God, but also I believe that prayer is being quiet and hearing what God is saying to us. So how does God speak? How does God speak? Well, I believe that God speaks in a variety of ways. And so many of us, we struggle with that because we are not listening to him. Jesus said to his followers, he said, my sheep, listen to my voice and I know them and they follow me. Over the next few minutes, I want to talk about five ways that God speaks to us. Okay. Five ways that God speaks to us. First of all, I believe that God speaks to us through his word, the Bible. God speaks to us through his word, the Bible. We pick up the Bible and we understand that this book is the story of God. And he has revealed himself to us. It is a history book, but it's much more than that. It's not just a book of morals, even though it has good moral teaching in it. It's not just a, um, a record of people who encounter God in times past. We learn how, how God uh, relates to people today. You see, the Bible is... So much more than all of that. In the pages of the Bible, you will hear that dynamic, convicting, living word of God. And I believe that we can hear his voice. There have been times that I've been reading the Bible, and many of you have done the same thing. Maybe it's just falling open and you read a scripture. And it's like that scripture just leaps off the page at you. Maybe you're going through a difficult time. Maybe it's a time of grief and it just opens up and, and you see these words, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Or maybe you uh, open up the scriptures and you, 
you see these uh, words where Jesus laid his hands on someone and made them feel better. And it's like in those moments, those verses come alive because it speaks to you. You know, Psalm chapter 119, it says, oh, your, your word is a lamp unto my feet and it is a light unto my path. And if you're like me, when you open up God's word, you're looking for that direction. And maybe you, you, Bible reading is not a part of your life. I want to encourage you to start. Just take that step. Maybe it's just five minutes sitting in your chair at home. Maybe it's riding to work, listening to it on your phone. I want to encourage you to, to make it a part of your life. You can go to StevensCreekChurch.com and on the main section of our webpage, you'll see a tab that says one year Bible reading. So every day there's some, a few scriptures and if you have it on your phone, you, it'll actually read it to you. And so let, let's make the Bible a part of, of our, our uh, church experience. Because I do believe that you'll find wisdom and insight. Proverbs chapter 2 says this, For the Lord gives wisdom, and from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. From, from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. So... Uh, I believe that we can, we can hear God's voice as we open up our, the pages of the Bible. So I want to do that. In the New Testament section of the Bible, in the book of Acts, we're going to look at a story that features uh, a man named Paul. We call him the Apostle Paul, his friend Silas, and another man named Timothy. Now, Acts is the fifth book of the New Testament. It's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Those are the Gospels. And then Acts is like the history. It's the Acts of the Apostles. That's what it stands for. It's the history of the early church. And so um, we see stories about when the church first started. And oftentimes those stories teach us what it means to live in community and be the church. So in Acts chapter 16, uh, we start to see a story how God spoke to Paul and Silas and Timothy. Pick it up in verse 6. It says, Paul and his companions traveled throughout the region of Phygera and Galatia, having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia. Now, when they came to the border of Mysia, they tried to enter Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus would not allow them to. So they passed by Mysia and they went down to Troas. And during the night, Paul had a vision of a man of Macedonia standing and begging him, come over to Macedonia and help us. And after Paul had seen the, the vision, we got ready at once to leave uh, for Macedonia, concluding that God has called us to preach the gospel to them. Now, look. I understand that the majority of you, as you just drop in this little section of Scripture, it kind of like goes right over your head. Because you feel like you're dropping in on, on a story that has a, a, a beginning that you don't know about. And that's true. So I want to kind of unpack this story right here and to help you see that maybe this story speaks to you and maybe you can learn how to hear God's voice by looking at the example that, that Paul and Timothy and Silas taught us about, okay? So Paul 
had this desire to go west and preach the gospel in the province of Asia. But for some reason, he felt like God was saying, hey, don't go west. And they instead traveled toward Bithynia. Now, at this time, they received this other prompting from the Lord that prevented them from going to Bithynia. So they ended at this seaport town, this beach town of Troas, which is where Paul had this vision of a man from Macedonia saying, hey, come help us. And so we read this passage and um, you say, Marty, I don't really see anything in this passage that tells me about how I can understand the voice of God and discover the will of God. Here's what I want you to understand. I want you to understand that in this passage, we see an example how God comes into the ordinary experiences of our lives because these guys, Paul, Silas and Timothy, what were they? They were itinerant evangelists. They were preachers. So their ordinary life simply was going from town to town to communicate the truth of the gospel. They traveled from place to place. So how does that relate to us? We're talking about five ways that God speaks to us. God speaks to us through his word. Here's the second one. God speaks through simple obedience during the ordinary events of your life. God speaks through simple obedience through the ordinary events of your life. Now, I'm going to tell you something right here that's very deep. It's very profound. So you're ready for something deep and profound. Here it is. 99% of life is what? Ordinary. It's ordinary. Here's what I mean by ordinary. Tomorrow morning, you're going to get up and you're going to get ready for work. And then if you have kids, you're going to get them ready for school. You're going to pack lunches. You're going to load them up on the bus or you're going to take them to the school. Then you're going to get to work and you're going to work all day. And then you're going to come home being spent, but yet the kids got to eat. And so then you're going to feed them. And then you're going to have this competition to see who can get ready for bed the fastest. And then you're going to read them a quick book. And then you're going to say, oh, finally, I get to watch a little bit of television. But here's the problem. You're so tired, you nod off and you don't ever know how the show ends. Because you're just nodding there with your mouth open and your eyes closed. And then it goes off and you wake up. And so it's time to go to bed. Well, you've already practically been in bed. But then you walk to the bedroom and you get ready for bed and you fall in dead tired. And guess what? Tuesday, you do the same thing. Is that not ordinary life? Is that not where we all live? We live in the ordinary. It's the same old stuff every day. In those days and in this story, preaching the word of God was ordinary life for the Apostle Paul. This is just what they did. That was God's will for them. So how do you determine God's will for you? God's will for your future. The way you discover God's will for your future is to do God's will right now. We're always thinking about what's God's will down the road? What's God's will for my life? The way you discover God's will for the future is simply doing God's what you know to be God's will right now. We have convinced ourselves that the will of God is so mysterious. It's found in the clouds somewhere. You know, 
we find ourselves praying, oh God, give me a feeling. Give me some insight, a spiritual revelation. And God says, you know, I've already given you my will. I've already given you my will. Just do it. You say, what, what is it? Love God, love people, and serve the world. Is that simple enough? Love God, love people, and serve the world. Well, what does that look like? What's God's will for a student? God's will for a student is simply do your homework. Man, I thought I would have some parents say amen. Do you not care about your students' grades? What's God's will for a doctor? Get up and see patients tomorrow. What's God's will for a pharmacist? Fill those prescriptions and do it right. What's God's will for a banker? I need you to take care of the money. What's God's will for an accountant? I want you to take care of the books. I want you to dot the I's and cross the T's. What's God's will for a teacher? I want you to do your lessons plans and I want you to show up and teach the class. What's God's will for a salesman or saleswoman? I want you to know your products. I want you to make those contacts. I want you to get on the phone and I want you to convince your clients to take action. What's God's will for a young mother? Change the diaper. Seriously. Change the diaper. Now, granted, I believe God's will for us is, is more than these things that I've mentioned. But it is not less than these things. God's will for your life is more than those things I've just mentioned, but it is not less than these. You see, God's will for you is more than just showing up and doing a job, but it is not less than showing up and doing a job. So many of us believe that we'll only hear God's voice when we're on this spiritual mountaintop. But I believe that God speaks to us oftentimes in the nitty-gritty, everyday kind of world. And we must be faithful to listen to his voice. Why should God give you his will for the future if you're not willing to do his will right now in the present? We've got to obey what we know to be the will of God in this moment, in this present. Then God will show us the next step. I said there's five ways in which I believe that we can hear the voice of God. Here's number three. God speaks through a sudden change of circumstance. God often speaks to you through a sudden change of circumstance. So Paul and his team... They wanted to go west into Asia, but the Holy Spirit prevented them from going. So how did the Holy Spirit do that? I don't know the answer to that one. doesn't tell us. It could have been a result of various circumstances that, that prevented them from, from going. Maybe the road was washed out, something real practical. Could it be maybe they had some Jewish opposition that they couldn't go there? We don't know what happened, but somehow they knew that they were not to go west. So instead they went north. They went to Bithynia. Why? Because they intended to preach the gospel there in Bithynia. Because what? That's what they do. That's their ordinary life. 
They had the same purpose, but now something happened. There was a sudden change of circumstances. They got up north and they tried to enter Bithynia, but it says the spirit of Jesus would not allow them to go into it. Another mystery, we don't know. I tend to think that they were praying along the way and they felt this impression. They felt this impression inside that, oh, we don't need to go there. And it was the spirit of Jesus. It might have been an audible voice, but oftentimes God speaks in such uh, 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 voices that it's so much louder than an audible voice. It speaks right to your heart. I don't know what happened, but they, they went preaching the gospel and they ended up at a place called Troas. And what do we see in Troas? That God revealed his will through a sudden change of circumstances. Have you ever had that happen? You know, you had your life all planned out and you were getting ready to walk through the door that was a guaranteed open door. Because people have told you, oh, this is a no-brainer. This is a no-brainer. But yet, that door was closed and there was a sudden change of circumstances. Or maybe you've been stuck at this place for a long time. And then a door opened. There was a sudden change of circumstances. God often works in our lives through a sudden change of circumstances. Maybe that's happened to you. It's happened to Patty and I on a number of occasions. Very practically, uh, when we were 26 years old, we had this dream of starting a church. And so we just said, okay, where are we going to start a church? And we just picked a city. Didn't know anybody in this city, but we thought we like it. It's kind of nice. And we, we decided Knoxville, Tennessee. So in 1987, in, in uh, February 1987, we started studying about what it means to, to start a church. And we went to Knoxville and started looking for property. And we did that four different times. We took the Knoxville newspaper. And our focus was on Knoxville. But when November 1987 rolled around, that door closed and another door opened when my administrative bishop called and said, I need you to start a church in Augusta. It was a sudden change of circumstances. And so we, we are living out that and we've seen that happen over and over. And you have too. You have seen doors close that you knew was a sure thing. It was a sure thing. Think about it this way. Could it be what you're calling a circumstance is really the sovereign hand of God moving behind the scenes in your life? And I realize you don't understand it right now. I realize it is painful. I realize it's somewhat confusing. You just knew that you were going to this college over here. But for whatever reason, that is not the case. And now you're changing and going to another college, a sudden change of circumstance. Could it be that what you are calling a circumstance is really the hand of God working behind the scenes in your life? I want you to understand God's in charge. And I want you to look at this. And as those circumstances start to, uh, to change in your life, just say, Spirit of God, speak to me. Proverbs chapter 16 and verse 9 said, In his heart a man plans his course, but the Lord determines his steps. The Lord determines his steps. I said there's five ways. Here's number four. 
God speaks through supernatural events. Yes, God speaks through supernatural events. There are times in your life where God is going to send an angel. God is going to speak to you through a dream or a vision or a supernatural event. This is what we see in Acts chapter 16. It says, during the night, Paul had a vision of a man of Macedonia standing and begging him, come over to Macedonia, come help us. At times, God does that. He breaks into the natural world with a supernatural word of direction. A supernatural event that takes place in your life. And maybe some of you have had a dream. Maybe some of you have had a vision. A vision about your next step. Here's what I want to encourage you to do. I want you to receive that vision as unto the Lord. But here's what I want you to do. I want you to test it with two or three of your friends who know the Lord and can discern his will. In the scriptures, when you see dreams and and tongues and and, uh, interpretation, he said, test this with two or three witnesses. Don't make a major decision in your life because you woke up with this dream. That dream could be from the Lord and could be for that, but test that. Or that dream could be because of what you ate the previous night. Very, very practical. And so the Bible says we're going to get practical here. So that dream that you've had, let's test it and see if there's a confirmation from two or three witnesses. That's what uh, we see here. God can do that. God can speak in supernatural ways. God spoke through a vision with, with the Apostle Paul. And that dream was compatible with Paul's previous experiences. Okay? Did you hear that? When he had this vision and this dream to go to Macedonia, he was not changing careers here. That was compatible with how God had wired him and his experiences. So just understand that, that God had wired him to do this. Here's the fifth and final one. How does God speak? God speaks through wise counsel plus what? Common sense. Wise counsel and common sense. Verse 10 reminds us, after Paul had seen the vision... We got ready at once to leave for Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. I like this, concluding. That's an interesting word. Now, that is one of those words that when you're reading this passage, you just gloss right over that. You said, oh, leave for Macedonia, concluding that God has called us to preach the gospel. We don't even camp out on the word concluding here, but we need to. We underline that word concluding. It means to make, to take all the facts and to arrive at a logical conclusion. It means to discuss it among yourselves, to debate the alternatives, to figure out the best way to go, and then come up with a conclusion. God has given you the ability to reason. He has given you a bright mind. And so I just want you to use what God has given you. They concluded that this was good. And so when we approach things of the spirit, don't check your brains out at the door. 
Even Isaiah said, come, let us reason together. And so we have to learn how to honor God and worship God with our minds. And isn't that what the scripture said? Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. And so we we start to learn to reason. So this verse tells us that Paul and Silas and Timothy talked it over. They debated it. They talked about where they had come from. They talked about where they couldn't go. They talked about the open door. They talked about their abilities. They talked about the man from Macedonia. And they talked about this vision. And when they put it all together, they concluded using good common sense in the process that God wanted them to go to Macedonia. I believe that God speaks through wise counsel and good common sense. So some of you, you have this dream in your life. And, and it is somewhere you have never been before and you've never done this before. Well, God may be calling you to step out in faith. To go where you've never gone. And it's going to be a season of learning to trust him. But you don't have to trust him blindly. And I would just say to you, I want you to find two or three people who have been where you want to go. And I want you to talk about that and say, how did you get there? And, and understand this wise counsel. And let your common sense kind of work through this, um, this process. When it was all put together, they concluded using good common sense that God wanted them to go to Macedonia. Verse 10, after Paul had seen the vision, we got ready at once to leave for Macedonia. We. So that also tells us that, that Luke was with them because Luke is the guy who is writing this, this book. You might have not known that. He wrote the Gospel of Luke. He wrote the book of Acts. Uh, he was a historian and he was also a, a medical doctor. And so Luke said, we got ready. What's the, the point here? Once you have determined the will of God, simply do it. I need you to do it. I need you to say, okay, I've heard God speak. Now I'm going to take that step and I'm going to move forward. So those are the five ways I believe that you can learn how to listen and discern the voice of the Lord. So as we come to a place of reflection and we say, okay, God, what is this saying to us? And am I willing to take that step? Am I willing to go there? Hmm. Well, there's three questions I want you to consider as you go into this season of reflection. And they're written in your, your worship guide. Here's the first one. Ask yourself, am I open? Am I open to whatever the Lord wants? That's a serious question, isn't it? Am I open? Am I open to say, God, whatever you want? Have you ever prayed like that? God, whatever you want me to do, I'll do that. Have you ever come to the place where you have surrendered your agenda and surrendered your will and say, okay, God, I'm open to whatever you want. So ask yourself that question. Here's the second question. Am I willing You see, sometimes you can be open, but not willing to take that next step. Am I willing to take the next step, whatever it is? And so many times it's hard to move from one to two because we're open, but we're afraid to take the step. Because it's scary. Real life can be scary. But God has not given you a spirit of fear. But God has given you a spirit of love, power, and a sound mind. 
Here's the third question. Am I willing to do God's will without regard to the consequences? Say, okay, God, I'm going to do your will without regard to the consequences. Whatever happens, happens. But I'm going to honor you in this process regardless of the the consequences. In the end, you've got to put your focus on the Lord and not necessarily the decision that has to be made. Say, God, I'm giving this to you. I'm surrendering to you. I'm inviting you to lead in my life. If it's clear from anything in reading this passage of Scripture, this is what's clear, that I believe that God speaks to his people. And God wants to speak to you. So what do you want God to do for you? What do you want God to do? I want you to look under your seat and there's a card that looks like this. And you probably should have received a pen when you walked through the doors today. If not, you can borrow one from the person near you. And it actually has that question. What do you want God to do in your life? Over the next few minutes, Todd's going to sing a song. And I just want you to think about that. I want you to think about what do I need God to do in my life? And you say, today I am praying that God will and just write it out. And here's what we're going to do with that. I'm going to come back after the song and we're going to lead you in communion. And then we're going to bring this card as a step of faith and we're going to lay it on the altar. And we're going to write this out. We're going to believe that the Lord is going to hear and answer our prayers. Thanks for listening. If you would like to help support the ministries of Stevens Creek Church, please go to StevensCreekChurch.com and click the Give button. See you next time.